Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, June 26th, and this is your FT News Briefing. An abandoned coup attempt in Russia leaves a lot of unanswered questions, and Greece's runoff elections ended in a landslide. Plus, Turkey is finally raising interest rates. But does that mean foreign investors are confident in the country again? I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The Wagner Group's coup attempt in Russia ended as quickly as it began. The mercenaries had been fighting on behalf of Russia in Ukraine, but this weekend, the head of Wagner, Yevgeny Prigozhin, pushed his troops toward Moscow. By Saturday night, Prigozhin and his troops withdrew, ending the short insurrection. Here to talk more about what happened is the FT's Moscow bureau chief, Max Seddon. Hi, Max. Hi. So what exactly happened that sparked this insurrection? So Yevgeny Prigozhin, he's a Kremlin's former caterer and uh, now now a warlord running Wagner Group, the biggest, most important paramilitary force fighting in, in Ukraine. And they have been spending as much of their time verbally feuding with the Russian defense ministry. And that boiling point on, on Friday night in Russia, when Prigozhin said that the Russian army had done an airstrike on a, a Wagner base camp, and he, he declared what he called a march of justice, which he said was going to overthrow his two biggest rivals, uh, the defense minister, Sergei Shoigu, and the commander of the invasion force, Valery Gerasimov. Okay, let's back up a bit. What is this beef between Prigozhin and the Russian defense ministry? What it's really about is money and power, because uh, earlier this month, Shoigu signed a decree ordering all of the irregular militias fighting uh, in Ukraine for Russia to uh, sign contracts with the defense ministry, essentially making them subordinate. And uh, this would have meant the defense ministry control all the money going to Wagner and could have told Wagner what, what to do. That would have been just, you know, death for, for Prigozhin. So what, what he did was he, he basically started a coup to try to get rid of the defense ministry, which looks like it was this kind of desperate attack attempt to uh, convince Putin, because Putin had backed the defense ministry, that, that he should leave, leave Wagner be. And uh, it got a little out of hand. And uh, you're at the point where these guys are marching through Russia. They were you know, pretty close to Moscow before suddenly on, on Saturday night, they announced that Belarus had, had brokered a deal to uh, end, end the revolt. The, the Wagner fighters would go back to fight in Ukraine and not be prosecuted. And Prigozhin will, will go to some sort of weird sinecure in exile in Belarus. Now, what does this mean for the Wagner Group's relationship with Russia? Do we know? What happens to Wagner right now is is unclear. Firstly, a lot of these guys, thousands of these guys, yeah, they participated in an armed uprising. Uh, they shot down a number of Russian army helicopters and the plane, killing between 13 and 20 people. We don't know the exact numbers. The members of Wagner who did not take part in the uprising are going to sign contracts with the defense ministry. And it's uh, still an open question, especially with Prigozhin not in Russia anymore, whether it continues to exist as any kind of fighting force. You have to remember that Wagner doesn't you know, just fight in, in, in Ukraine. Before the, the full-scale invasion last year, its uh, main, main job was that it fought as mercenaries in conflicts where Russia could have some plausible deniability by using Wagner and not the regular Russian army in places like Libya, Mozambique, Syria, whether that will still go on now that the Prigozhin's been kicked out of Russia is also an open question. 
Do we have a clear sense of what this means for the actual war in Ukraine now? I think in the short term, not very much because Wagner weren't on the front lines anyway. But what it does do is is absolutely devastating for Putin's authority and uh, the the power of the Russian state because this all comes from Putin personally because Putin was the one who created Wagner. He empowered Wagner. When things started going badly, he was the one that, that brought Wagner in. He was the one who uh, signed the pardons personally for tens of thousands of convicts to be released from prison so they could fight in Wagner. He is reaping what what he has sowed. And I think it just uh, shows you how disastrous this war has has been for Russia, how all the blame lays at Putin's feet, and how it could get even worse. it, It could happen again, even if it's not Wagner, but someone else doing it. Max Seddon is the FT's Moscow bureau chief. Thanks so much, Max. Thanks, Mark. Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis won yesterday's runoff election in a complete landslide. Mitsotakis and his center-right party called New Democracy will be able to form a government without a coalition partner. Here to talk more about the outcome is the FT's Eleni Varvitsiadi in Athens. Hey, Eleni. Hi, Mark. So, Eleni, we should note that the votes are still being counted as we're recording this, but we do know a few things. One, that uh, Mitsotakis and his new democracy party did well. But two, it's not just that they did well. It's that the main opposition party, the Syriza party, did very poorly, right? Exactly. With more than half of the votes counted, because still votes are being counted at the moment, Syriza fell behind New Democracy by more than 22 points. And that, as you can understand, raises questions about Alexis Tsipras, its leader, and his political future. Usually in such big defeats, the leader quits and there's a new procedure in a party to elect a new leader. But because Syriza is a relatively new party in a sense that got power only once in 2015, and it's mainly attributed to the power of uh, Tsipras, it's still not clear if Tsipras will remain the leadership or he will have to resign soon. It's, a, it's quite a fall for the country's former prime minister. Eleni, another big theme of this election was the emergence of fringe parties. What did we see there? A significant number of small fringe parties from the extreme left to the extreme right are now going to be part of the new Greek parliament. And what is uh, kind of uh, interesting and shocking for me is that one in three voters chose anti-systemic, anti-democratic parties. And I think, Mark, this indicates the level of resentment in a significant part of the society that I think Mitsotakis will really have to take into account in the next four years. One surprising entry which I want to talk about is the, is a new far-right party. It's called the Spartans. It's super new. It was founded in May and backed by a jailed MP of the former neo-Nazi Golden Dawn Party. So the Spartans, which uh, got close to 5% of the vote, are expected to be a polarizing power in parliament And they're going to be a divisive force in issues, including migration. Eleni Varvitsiadi is the FT's Athens correspondent. Thanks, Eleni. Thank you, Mark. Turkey might be able to build back confidence with foreign investors. Years of unorthodox policies, like keeping interest rates low during high inflation, has made investors worried. But last week, Turkey's central bank finally raised rates. 
by six and a half percentage points. Here's the FT's Turkey correspondent, Adam Sampson. So I think foreign investors see this as an important first step. Um, One person who I talked to this week referred to it as sort of a baby step in the right direction. Interest rates are now 15%, but inflation's running almost 40%. So if you're an investor, that's still a really, really bad inflation-adjusted interest rate. So I think people were happy to see it, but they're definitely waiting to see quite a bit more before they even really think about getting into Turkey's markets. But Adam says that it's not a guarantee that President Recep Tayyip Erdogan will allow this kind of monetary policy to continue. I think that's a really open question. On sort of the positive side, Erdogan has definitely put good people in place. The problem is everything is decided by the president, and he can and has in the past changed his mind really, really rapidly. In 2021, there was a central bank chief who started raising interest rates, um, which was seen by almost everybody as very important, and he was fired just literally months into the job because the president is a big opponent of high interest rates. And the other thing is there's local elections here coming up next year. And it's a real question as to whether he's going to be okay with undertaking what are going to be almost definitely very painful adjustments ahead of a really important set of elections. Adam Sampson is the FT's Turkey correspondent. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.